Hey guys, welcome to the Delta Flyers. I'm your host, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, of course, is Robert Duncan McNeil. Robbie. Robert Duncan McNeil. Yes. Three names. That's me. Did you know yes. Third Rock from the Sun? Yes. Which I've been watching with Megan, like doing a rewatch of. Mm-hmm is about a family of aliens posing as humans. And yes. in that family, there is a Tom or a Tommy, and there is a Harry. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's I funny. I just realized that. I've been watching. This has been our ritual. You know, Megan and I, I haven't been in Canada for a while, so our ritual is to kind of like watch a show every night. And, right. or, and so we watch a couple episodes of Third Rock. So we're already in the third season, and I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a Harry and a Tommy. And of course, That's crazy. We are Harry and Tom, too. So, yeah, I never made that connection until now. And you clearly did not make that connection. No, either. I didn't. OK, I heard it's a great show. I would love to. Um, I'd love to watch it. I hear it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. you definitely should check it out. Cool. Well, this week's episode is yes. Unity. And mm. <laughs> let's just say that you should probably know a little bit about this episode. And, a little bit, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we, uh, without further ado, why don't we go watch this and uh, come back with our recap? All right. Yeah, and all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus segment. What do we remember? Hey guys, we are back from watching Unity. Yes, we are. Robbie's second episode. I know. Yeah. It was a it was a real flashback for me because I didn't remember a lot of this, but as I watched it, I had so many memories coming back. Oh, I'm so excited. We get to we yeah. get, uh, front row seat here. Let's go ahead and start with our typical uh, poetry yes. synopsis. And... Yes. Always good to start with some poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's start with a little haiku for Unity. The Borg Collective. Chakotay linked and kissed. Janeway will be pissed. Short and sweet. Okay. Here we go. Here is my limerick for unity. All right. Chakotay Kaplan heed the call of distress. No one to help attacked by ex-Borg, no less. An ensign extinct. Commander is linked. Riley and company use one to suppress. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. nice. Extra poetic there. You like that? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, this episode uh, was written by Ken Biller and directed by Robert Duncan McNeil, who I vaguely remember. Who is that? Robert Duncan Robert Dunton? Denton McNeil? Okay. I oh. don't know. See, I, we can hardly remember him. <laughs> Did you talk yes. to Ken Biller a lot before this episode or during this episode? Do you recall? I, I actually don't recall talking to Ken a lot okay. about this. Okay. Um, some, I'm sure I did. I mean, he was the writer of the episode, so he was yeah. there for all the prep meetings and all the the decisions and, and conversations. But but I can't recall like some in-depth, you know, conversation about issues with the script. Hmm. I, I, do, I will say like my takeaway after watching this is if I could do this all over. Yeah. I realize now how profound it was that we met the Borg for the very first time because we didn't know Seven of Nine was coming along. We didn't know that, you know, this could have been and 
with the, with the information that we had as actors, even as a director on the show, we could have just been meeting the Borg this one time for this one episode, and that would have been it. Correct for for Voyager. We may Correct. never have dealt with the Borg ever again. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't. I, I my memory is I wasn't given the profound responsibility that I think as I watch this episode, I, I kind of think, wow, this was a big responsibility to mm-hmm. kind of bring the Borg into Voyager's story. Yeah, and I I didn't. I don't remember having that kind of sense of responsibility. I okay. I didn't realize, you know, how big they would become in our story. So, so no one relayed to you how serious this was going to, I mean, no one came to you and said, Hey, this is a huge deal beforehand. You, you were just said, nope. you, you were just told, okay, you're going to direct this. You did pre-production and nobody yeah. really pulled you aside. Okay. I what, don't think they knew, honestly, you know, I don't oh, think so they, they may any, not have known. They may I don't not think have they had any idea that they were going to introduce seven of nine that, right. that uh, the Borg would become a big part mm-hmm. of our, our story. I, okay. I, there wasn't a lot of, you know, getting digging into the big picture mythology of the Borg in Star Trek lineage. No, there weren't a lot of conversations. Okay. Um, so, you know, my approach as, and, and having just rewatched this, my approach was more like, all right, I'll treat the Borg as sort of a horror movie side of things. Mm. And the other story, this, this Riley story will be a very personal story, obviously for Chakotay. It ends mm. up making some very risky decisions based on his feelings about Riley and, and this, this cooperative, this collective. So, right. Okay. Well, before we jump into the recap of this, I do want to talk briefly about the general feeling you had before directing sacred ground and the general feeling you had going into direct this, because you had a completely different excitement level and you name it. So can you just yeah, talk about I that? Think with, I think with Sacred Ground, when I first directed, I was super excited and particularly excited that Kate was the focus of the episode because I really felt comfortable with Kate. I felt mm-hmm. I felt like I could trust her, that she trusted me, mm-hmm. that I felt like I was in a in the right script at the right time. It was the perfect first episode for me, even though it came up by accident. Jonathan mm-hmm. Frakes was supposed to direct that and he had to back out of uh, sacred ground because of getting the first contact feature job. Even though it was an accident that I ended up directing that ep- that sacred ground episode, it was the perfect first fit for me. Mm. Um, this one, I remember when I got it. I, I, you know, you and I've talked about it. I think I felt a little bit m- less comfortable. Not that Robert wasn't a great friend and actor and colleague. I felt very comfortable with him, but I just didn't connect to the script in the same way. I was trying to find a way in, as you and I talked about, like this this mm-hmm. whole Soviet Union collapse thing to yeah. me made sense. It was topical at the time. And, mm-hmm. and so that was sort of the way in. And I made it more of a character personal story in my mind, you know, that okay. he was sort of seduced by this relationship, so. Okay, all right, yeah. good. So let's just dive right in. Um, the very first scene we see Chakotay and Kaplan are in a shuttle. And I had forgotten about this character, Kaplan. Yes. Play, played by Susan Patterson, who was also in Future's End, standing, I think, at your station in Future's End. Is that End. right? Oh, my yeah. goodness. I think she was oh established goodness. in that episode. Okay, okay. And I think she may have had a line up at the at the uh, at your station. Okay, I feel like there's another actress that resembles her that you may be confused about, possibly. 
But maybe you want to look it up. You want to look it up. You can look. I, it up. I did look it up after I and saw it said Future's End. I was like, "Where did this girl come from?" Yeah, and said she was also in Future's End. So oh, okay, but she may not have been at your station. She may have been somewhere else. Maybe in the mess hall or somewhere right. else. Right. But she she had a moment that she was established in Future's End, just a few episodes back, and now we see her in a shuttle at the top of this episode. They're on a scouting mission, they say, and um, yeah. they're looking for a faster route home through the naked expanse or the naked expanse the naked expanse some of us like to call it the naked expanse. the naked expanse yes <laughs> so kaplan and chakotay they're lost um but all of a sudden they get they pick up a federation uh hailing beacon which yeah. is you know clearly an indication that voyager is reached is reaching out to them but then they discover wait a minute this isn't coming from space this is coming from the surface of a planet and it's kind of weak, so it's not Voyager, because Voyager did not land on that planet. And yeah. then it's interesting, because they detect 80,000 humanoids. Yes, 80,000 humanoid yeah, so life then, signs. Right, but now later we've realized who these people are, but is that how many, is that how many people are populating one Borg cube? That's a lot of people. That's Holy a lot of moly. people. 80,000. Yeah, but they don't know this at the time. They have no Borg you know, premonition here. Not they all. just think 80,000 humanoid life signs, very strange. Right. And they get this, bro so they approach this planet. Mm -hmm. And as they uh, get close to the planet, they start to hear a broken up message. It's very, you know, distorted. Yeah. And it's from a Federation signal that they pick up. So they, they, they hear there's distress and they, they go down to this planet and we find them in some caves. And uh, as the caves open up, they're in this kind of, trash filled wasteland mm -hmm. you know it's it's a very dark and scary yeah. place i didn't remember by the way shooting the scene <laughs> uh, my, my memory of of directing this episode was the, was the one set where where chakotay was sort of uh he was recovering in a bed later on mm -hmm. we'll talk about that mm -hmm. and where a lot of things happened in that one set but my memory was it was a really tough set to work in because it was basically sort of a cubicle off in a corner and then this sort of narrow hallway room. And that was about it. It wasn't much to shoot in. Yeah. But when I saw this first scene as they come through the caves and the planet and they step into this place where there's trash cans burning basically and, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and uh, you know, industrial kind of scaffolding and all kinds of stuff. I, I remembered this uh shooting the scene mm. and and it's this opening scene where where they're sort of attacked in this trash-filled wasteland by these robed mostly bald by the way interesting little detail that that will make sense later but uh you know they're mostly bald people <laughs> shooting at them in these robes they look and, like monks they look like monks basically yeah. right they look yeah. like monks they're all kind of bald you can't really tell if they're an alien life form or humans or you, you know they're humanoid yeah. looking but but uh yeah there's a great action sequence to open you know as they get into this planet yeah this shootout starts kaplan is is shot and uh we don't know if she's alive or dead mm -hmm. and as chakotay goes to defend her he's also shot and falls down unconscious right um, right i just want to rewind for a second and go back to when you said that they received a federation message um a Federation signal. I think it was Riley saying Federation vessel come in. So instead of, you know, there wasn't a Federation oh, signature. I think it was her saying, you know, Hey, Federation vessel, because 
there's a there's dialogue between Chakotay and Kaplan, like you know. Oh yeah, they wait say, a minute. How do they? How do, how they, do they know? How do they know we're yeah. a Federation vessel? Exactly. So this is the you know. That's right. History, That's right. right. And then yep. the other thing is that Chakotay launches a message buoy for Janeway, for Voyager to know that they are answering the distress call before yes, they land right. on the planet, right? Yes. Okay, so flash forward, um, Kaplan's out, Chakotay's down, and now Chakotay wakes up for the first time, and this is when he meets Riley Frazier. Uh, we mm -hmm. have a last name as well. Um, she explains that she was attacked by aliens, put in stasis, and brought against her will to the Delta Quadrant. And, and she also says she was a science officer with the Federation? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we know she's human. She was a science officer on a Federation vessel, but attacked by aliens. But she's very vague about that. She doesn't really say She says, say, yeah, we were put aliens. in stasis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chakotay's got some questions, but she goes, yeah, we were just, we were put in stasis, basically mm -hmm. in stasis. And then we woke up here. Yeah. And yep. so we were grabbed and then we woke up and we were dumped here. And she says there's dozens of races and species that none of them trust each other. So that explains this little gang war that just happened. Right. right. She says it's anarchy. Since everybody woke up, started real, you know, <laughs> since everybody woke up, it's basically anarchy. And she says that about 100 people uh, have established a peaceful cooperative. And that's where he's at right now. Chakotay has basically stumbled upon West Side Story. You know, with yes. the gangs. And Gang do, you do you recall <laughs> myself and Chakotay on the bridge um, singing West Side Story? I do. <laughs> you remember yes. that? <laughs> Instead of the song Maria, like Maria, I sang Chakotay. I just met a boy named Chakotay. I sang that in place of Maria. Right. Yes. So these are the hijinks that we we, yes. we had. Yes. And in this episode, it's the real life kind of a alien West Side story in a way. Yeah. Um, it's gang warfare. It's, it's gang anarchy warfare. on this planet. Yep. Everybody's out for themselves. And yep. she basically says, you're lucky you woke up in this cooperative mm -hmm. where we have decided to work together and he's very weak and very disoriented and right she ultimately says you need to rest you need to get better that's an order she gives mm -hmm. him an order yeah you see the veins that the, the makeup department put all that stuff on the side of his head to to depict the serious neural trauma that he uh, yep. endured from that one I don't know if it's a phaser blast, but let's just say the ener whatever energy weapon that they had, right? Well, the energy um, weapon they had, if you noticed, was a green color. It was green, but then yeah. when Riley's people came through, it was an orange, like almost like a flamethrower or something. It was really, it was a different type of a, of, of a color beam and type of beam as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yes, so the green color. But little uh, little details like that Borg green. Borg green. weapon. Yeah, it, it definitely, uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, that that jumped out at me, which was a nice detail. So she says rest. And uh, and then we cut to the bridge mm -hmm. and we see Tom Paris down front saying this is a really boring part of space. So clearly they're not worried about Chakotay at this point. No. They're waiting. No they knew he was out of comm range and and they're just waiting for him to. Uh, connect with them and and yeah. they even say like uh, they have a rendezvous point in a couple of days or something so right. there's no ur urgency to this on the bridge we cut to them paris is bored the captain says something like well you know you can clean the warp conduits if, <laughs> if you're that bored <laughs> lieutenant and uh he's like no this is actually uh, a very interesting place to <laughs> explore and study and no i'm good did so, you notice when she says 
um, you can clean the warp plasma filters or whatever. Did yeah. you notice her voice sounded, she found, she sounded sick. She sounded sick oh, on that really? exact, yes. And this is the episode where multiple people, there's different scenes. There's a scene when Bellana's talking later on and gosh, it sounds like she has a head cold. Um, so Janeway, when she specifically, when she says the warp plasma filters are due for a thorough cleaning, that line right there to me sounds like she's dealing with a cold. Kim sounds like he has a cold in a later scene. So all throughout this episode, I made a note. This is like everyone got what, a cold during this episode. I wonder episode. what time of year, because if you look at uh, our episodes, mm-hmm. we started filming in June. Mm-hmm. We usually broke, you know, a little past the halfway point of a season by Christmas. Right. And that's usually... This is right now. This is winter yes, right now, right? Yes, yeah. This is, I think, you know, January, February or something. I bet everybody yeah. was fighting a cold, yeah, which is interesting. I'll say in the pandemic world that we've been living in, mm-hmm. I've been using hand sanitizer and mask wearing and all of those things. I have not been sick for a year and a half and I get sick. Sorry to sidebar into this, but I usually get sick five or six times a year. I get a cold really? or I'll wow. get a big flu. I always get one or two, like knock me out. I've got a fever and I'm sick every year, at least once, usually twice. And I have mm-hmm. not had a single anything in a year and a half so great uh, the upside of this pandemic (laughs) at least for me is i have not had to suffer through any of those small little annoying sicknesses and i think i i would imagine a lot of people um feel the same because Mm -hmm. you know like you said we used to always get sick uh the cast and the crew of voyager usually starting around december thanksgiving december and going through february Mm -hmm. just have everybody would be passing something around and this was definitely in that time so interesting yeah because if you think about it man like we're so aware now of touching things door handles you know anything like that but back then there's only one door well there's more than one but one main door that to go into stage eight one main door to go into stage nine Everyone grabs that same handle. And so, yeah, one person, one crew person, one actor who's sick is going to pass it to every single other person that's working on that project. That's over 100 people working on one television show, getting sick because of the door handle. You and I recently were talking to Roxanne Dawson. Yes. We did some bonus interviews with. Mm -hmm. And she reminded me that I I had been patient zero for the chicken pox on our crew. I forgot about that. Oh my Remember God. that? Yeah. That I, right before the Christmas holidays, my daughter who was in elementary school at the time got the chicken pox and must've given it to me, but I didn't realize it, but I, I went to work and I had a fever and I wasn't feeling good. Mm-hmm. And I worked anyway, cause that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And I ended up passing it on to a bunch of crew members, <laughs> a bunch of important crew members like Billy Pete's our, you yeah. know, our, our gaffer and, uh, number of people that got the chicken pox as grownups uh, because of, yeah, because of- Were you uh, never vaccinated how... as a kid or you never had chicken pox as a kid? I Goodness wasn't. Gracious. I didn't know that, but wow. clearly I wasn't because I got it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I forget what season that was. I forget exactly when it happened. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it didn't affect me because I, ha- I had chicken pox as a kid, so I was never you know, infected by your- Patient zero germs. <laughs> I'm sure Billy thing, and those guys are really, but that really... kind of thing happened on our show all the time. Yeah. I guess, that's you true. know, what I'm saying is, you know, this, this pandemic has definitely changed people's thinking. And I, yeah. I hope in a long-term good way yes. about washing hands, 
yeah. about touching, you know, handles of doors, mm-hmm. just about all that stuff that, you know, without mm-hmm. being paranoid, just being smart, you know, so that we all stay healthy. Okay. So we're still in the bridge. Paris was bored. And then at the end of this bridge scene, we pick up something in, uh, on sensors, we magnify and oh my gosh, it's a board cube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a board cube. The first board cube of vo- that Voyager has seen. What yeah. are they doing here? Right. Come back from a break and uh, they realize there's no life signs on yeah. this board cube. It's it just a drift. Disabled. It's just a it's drift. A drift. Mm-hmm. And Janeway says she wants to go aboard this board cube and study this technology. She's like, we could learn something. Oh, Janeway, stay yeah. off it. Let it stay adrift. You see Tuvok's face when she makes that suggestion. Right? He, right. He's like, come again? I mean, he's, he's just, <laughs> he's <laughs> right. not happy. He's like, are you insane, Captain? But yes, Janeway wants to learn about the Borg, Borg technology. And, but and that, that makes sense. I get yeah. it. I know sometimes I'm tough on Janeway. I'm like, she keeps, you know, pushing us into dangerous situations. Hmm. But it does make sense. Like, study, you know, look at this, but be careful because you're walking around on a on a time bomb that could yeah. be, you could you could reactivate. But I I do admire that move because most starship captains would be on defense only. They would say, "Let's shields up, let's get away." Whereas Janeway's yeah. like, "Wait a minute, hold on, let's go investigate." So she kind of goes on the offense in a way to to get the advantage or see if there's any advantage we can get if we come across a board cube that is functioning, we can yep. maybe learn a few things that can uh, help us turn the tide. It does make sense. Cube. Yeah. So it does. But make by sense. the way, not to spoiler alert, but do mm-hmm. we learn anything? Like do uh, we actually learn anything about it? Well, I, I don't want to give away the ending of this episode, but yeah, I don't think we do. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, you know, her whole logic of let's go on this board cube I don't think we learn anything. Okay. Anyway, we'll we'll come All right, back we'll go we'll get we'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> okay. we do we flash over to the ex Borg cooperative and we learn that Chakotay is a vegetarian, which I don't recall that I at know. all. I'm like, what? Never. You're a vegetarian. What? Didn't he yeah, okay eating these Have fresh it- vegetables and he says, Yes, I'm a vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian. But do you what? recall there's Never. been times where he's had dinner with Janeway? And they talk about ordering, you know, from the replicator. I'm pretty sure they ordered some meat dishes back then. Yeah, in season I, I one think and two. that was a stupid detail so, that didn't, he didn't need to say I'm a vegetarian because he, no, he's not. I don't think he I is. I don't think he is. While they're talking, by the way, he says, he says to Riley, he says, you know, we could, maybe we, I could talk to the captain and we could bring as many as we can of, of, you know, your, your group on board with us yes. and, um, and bring you home. That's right. And she goes, no, you know, this is like home now. Yeah. She says, Riley says, this feels like home. It's like she, and she talks about, we were Texas homesteaders. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, we feel, I, I feel like we're Texas homesteaders and she's from Texas. She talks mm. about that a number of times. She sells him basically on the value of this cooperative. She that, sells him, but it's kind of a red flag as, as well. It's sort of like, really? You don't want to go back to Earth? <laughs> it is because she, she comes off like some weird cult member. Yes, honestly. yes. Like it, it definitely, a number of times. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, you know, looking back at this as the director of this episode, I, I think that there were a lot of times where she felt like a, where, where Riley feels like a cult member. Okay. And I wish that I had tamped that down. Because, okay. 
Okay. Because, you know, as a director, I wish I had, I had said, you know, don't make it so obvious and obvious. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just throw it away. It's just, throw it off. Know, yeah. Lighten, lighten this up a bit because yeah. it's feeling, you know, it's feeling like a cult and kind of creepy. And I don't think that Chakotay would be as naive to not notice that. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. Yep. So that would have been a good adjustment uh, for sure. By the way, in that scene when they're, you know, they wander around, they eat some vegetables. He, t- he says he's a vegetarian. They talk about this cult. And then uh, she says she's got to go and he should rest. And he watches her leave and sort of watches her go into this bright doorway. Mm. that seems very mysterious. And, and he's kind of suspicious and he clocks her pushing the buttons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which will come back later on. Anyway. Right. Okay. Okay, now we flash over to the Borg cube yep. and it's Tuvok and Torres and I think maybe one or two other crewmen that they're, they are there to investigate and they're looking all around. We have that one moment where they're kind of looking through some conduits or cables and that one Borg corpse falls forward. So that's your little horror movie moment there, right? Exactly. I made the same note. I was like, you know, I do, that. I had forgotten about all of this that, yeah. that we were on the Borg cube. I didn't remember. Yeah. But... I wanted to treat as a, as the director, I wanted to treat all of that stuff on the board cube. Like it was a haunted house. Like it was a scary horror movie. Mm. And so as I recall, that scene in the script seemed very short. It's like, they're basically, it was like one little, a couple of lines, you know, yeah. they're walking around, they look at some creepy stuff and then a board guy fall, a dead board guy falls out. Yeah. It was not a very long scene, but no. I wanted to, amplify the horror movie style so uh, yeah and it worked you know it, it made me jump um and i think oh, that no. dead borg uh i think that's keith i think that's sue sue's boyfriend keith uh, i think it, I, I think it was too <laughs> yeah i, I know our regular a borg, background sure. guys yeah mm-hmm. we ended up having a few you know later in the episode yes. there'll be a few borg appearing but yeah. at this point just the dead borg falls forward right then we cut into the briefing room and uh, they let us know that they brought that dead Borg on board. Janeway, come on. And they're going to do an autopsy. Right. And uh, they talk about, well, why, why, who defeated the Borg? Like, mm-hmm. why are they dead? It makes no mm-hmm. sense. And uh, I think Torres says maybe the Borg were defeated by an enemy more powerful than they were. Yeah. Which is very ominous because the Borg are the you know pretty much the most powerful bad guy in star trek mythology at this point up until this Uh, point Mm -hmm. yeah but the borg drone that they bring on board and we're not to that scene where they're actually doing the autopsy that's not keith though that guy's somebody else but the one that falls forward is keith (laughs) so i'm thinking yeah there's other borg drone bodies that that they probably could have they, they probably came across, yeah, so maybe. I'm guessing that's yeah. what it was, right? So now we jump over to the ex-Borg cooperative. That's what I'm calling it, the EBC. So they're mm-hmm. back at the EBC, and Chakotay, he gets out of the building. He figures out the right code. Yeah, he goes up like to that the game door of that Simon. he watched. Yeah. He watched Riley push some buttons, mm-hmm. and he's trying to remember what was the sequence she pushed. Mm-hmm. He eventually does. Figures it out. Opens the door. He sneaks into this, what looks like a workshop, like a... I don't know, like they're, they're workers carrying stuff around and, yeah. doing, you know, building things. And it's part of this cooperative. And he finds Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he finds a group of people gathered around someone, a bald person. Right. And they're, they're working on some technology in the back of that bald head. Yeah. Suddenly that, you know, the bald person turns around and it's Riley mm-hmm. and she had hair. She had long blonde hair in the earlier scene. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you realize, oh, she's bald and there's tech in her head. Right. 
and there's amputees around. Yeah, and we we talked about the whole amputee thing that you guys had essentially found some amputees to uh, use as background actors to sort yep. of show the you know ex-borg maybe without an arm or whatever. And then we also talked about how some of these amputees were used in a prior episode, um, the shoot with Tom and Harry and the prison mm -hmm. ship. And uh, I have some interesting revelations to talk about that later on. Oh, so, mm -hmm. should I just tell you right now? I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, tell you yeah. right now. Yeah. The, <laughs> the amputee that shoots and kills Kaplan is the same amputee that stabs you, Tom Paris, on the shoot. Really? Yes. Same same background actor. I swear to God. I'm sitting there going, that can't be. And I, I rewound it and I actually went and looked at the shoot and I got to that scene where the guy stabs you. I'm like, yeah, same guy. But yeah. So he got used quite a bit. So there you go. That's a little interesting trivia bit for you. So, um, you know, Chicote is stunned and shocked that Riley is bald and has tech in her head. And so we come yeah. back from break and he says, says to her, are you a Borg? He, he asks her um, straight up and she, she tries to explain things. And she says that the link to the collective was severed by some kind of electrokinetic storm. Mm -hmm. That damaged About the cube. Yeah. But her response is, we were Borg, you know, we're yeah. not Borg, which is, that's, that's a very important uh, distinction to make. Were. <laughs> yes. Right. But this is really the first time we've seen a Borg cube that's disabled mm -hmm. like this in all of Star Trek. We don't really see that, you know, mm -hmm. um, happening. So this is a big deal. She does introduce this character uh, named Orem. And Orem has a Borg arm still. He still has that technology arm and he is their medic, she says. Yeah. And he says he's a Romulan. Mm -hmm. And she talks about in this moment, she, she does basically tell him the truth, which is they were Borg, that there was this storm, this electromagnetic storm, mm -hmm. and they were dis disconnected. The, the, the link to the collective was severed and they yeah. became free right. and everything was new again. And she said, you know, uh, species and races that, that hated each other before now looked at each other in a whole new light. And Orem says, you know, I was Romulan. I should hate these people, but I don't. I'm here to help. And he mm -hmm. seems very smart. He's a medic. He's the doctor and, and a scientist. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, as Chakotay is hearing all of this, he ultimately is starting to, you know, get sicker and sicker from his injuries and, and he faints. He passes out. And Orem right. actually catches him in that moment, which I thought was an interesting detail that, mm -hmm. you know, they seem to be very sympathetic and very, you know, they're obviously um, sharing all the details a little slower than, than mm -hmm. maybe Chakotay wanted, but they're telling the, the truth so mm -hmm. far. Um, so yeah, so Chakotay passes out and that's how we go out of that scene. And then we go to sickbay. Right, so now we're in sickbay and we have the doctor and Kess and Torres. So they're examining a Borg drone, which is not Keith and Inadvertently, the doctor activates a backup neuroelectric power cell, and this thing just kind of sits up and starts moving all over the place. and And I just love Roxanne's reaction. She's like, "Turn it off!" I mean, she's really freaked out because even though, even when they were on the cube in the first uh, scene, uh, first time they're on the cube, they're investigating. She's very nervous. She's this is you know as as brave as Torres is when it comes to the Borg. 
She don't want. She doesn't want any bit of it. She's like, no, thank you. No. After this accidental, you're right. This the cortical probe sort of reactivates the the neuroelectric power cell accidentally, and the doctor doesn't think it's a big deal. But Torres knows that like if you reactivate this cube, they will. They are impossible to fight to defeat. You You can't stop. Scared to death of them. You can't yeah. stop them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We go back to the planet and Orem is uh, explaining to Chakotay that uh, the Borg collective consciousness has inherent medical benefits that, mm-hmm. that, you know, he says, look, you're getting worse, but let me, let me actually let you in on something like, yeah. If, when we link up, um, you know, when we were linked as a collective, mm-hmm. we could help each other uh, through these things through, yeah you know, medical challenges, right. The neural link allowed them to repair injured Borg, you know, that that yeah. was a, a benefit of this uh, collective consciousness. Yeah. The, it could repair organic and inorganic matter, yeah. you know, and just they, that whole they, concept is pretty interesting. They, say, they explained to Chakotay, like, it's almost like a transfusion. Yes. Imagine like if all of us got together and donated to, to you know, a tra- in a transfusion to you, mm-hmm. we could help you, not just right. one of us helping, but all of us helping. Right. So instead of a, a trans- powerful concept, it is. And instead of a transfusion yeah. of blood, this is a transfusion of, of energy is what it is. Right. So a healing yes. type of energy, which really that concept is it's pretty uh, forward and, and, and kind of cool, actually. I, I, that'd it's be amazing. a very cool tech idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you could gather the energy, the healing energy of, a group of people and put it together. Um, and, and Orem also explains and Riley explains that they have this neural transceiver that could be temporary for Chakotay and there's no lasting effects at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could help heal you that, that you're going to die mm-hmm. if you don't let us kind of pull you into our cooperative, our, our good version of the Borg, our little right. good version right. and put this temporary neural transceiver on you and, and heal you. Otherwise you're going to die. They say, you've got to decide. He's got to decide. And he's got a line here, which I was just like, oh, it was just such a uncomfortable line for me. He goes, well, it's either that or the happy hunting grounds. Huh? Oh, <laughs> I made a note. You were going to be bothered by that. Yes, you were. It was just like, oh boy, really? The it was the nineties. We got to let it go. Right. It's okay. Just, it's okay. Just, it was the nineties. Okay. So but we I get was a pass. like, oh, Poor, poor Robert has to say <laughs> the happy hunting grounds to make some cliche indie. native joke. Yes, yes we hear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he does agree and they place yeah. the trans transceiver on him mm-hmm. and suddenly he begins to hear all of them. And so that's played in sort of this, this audio track that, that we can hear what he hears inside his head. That's right. And it's all of these voices and they're speaking in unison mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and it goes from the voices to images. He can see all of these memories of every single person in the collective. Yes, because what's not only is he viewing all these memories, he is hearing everyone's thoughts as if they are his own. So yeah. that is where it becomes extremely acid trippy right there, right? Because yeah. he's he's not just kind of being a, a fly on the wall and observing this. He is watching ex- other people. It is as if he's experiencing, experiencing it, it firsthand, yeah. which is so, you know, absolutely incredible. And he, he talks about when he comes to that, he is amazed by this. And, experience. He's, and he's alone with Riley at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's um, alone with Riley wakes up and he's improving. 
It yeah. seems to have worked. This mm -hmm. collective healing that went on. Yes. And he goes, it's incredible. It was this incredible. Um, he says, I know you like blue bonnets. And, mm -hmm. you know, all these things that, that Riley loves and mm -hmm. things that matter to her. Mm -hmm. They talk about an, an old man. And she says that's her grandfather or something. Yeah. So he is, you know, without ever having gone through, you know, conversations about all these things and sharing as separate people, he has experienced all the things that Riley has experienced. Yeah. And then at, at one point she touches herself. And she he touches, feels it. <laughs> yes. She touches her hand or her wrist or something. Yeah. And he says, I can feel that. Yeah. And then he does the same. And, and, and it gets into this, like, she says, yes, that's a residual effect. Just a, just a residual effect. It's not going <laughs> to last because we promised you it was temporary. But anyway, she says, yes, that's a residual effect of mm. neural transmitter. And, um, and they, and, and they start to get close and he's touching his wrist and she's touching her wrist and, and it gets very sexual and, and, and intimate. And I got to say, it was kind of creepy, this collective set. Basically you realize we're going into, oh, you're going to have some weird Borg connected collective <laughs> sex situation. But you cut away though. You cut away from that. You don't really, they don't even kiss. They, they kiss each other. No. They kiss their own hands, I think, but they don't kiss each other's lips. So, yeah. but kissing your own hand is like kissing the other person's hand. Right. Yes. Basically. It's, uh, it's, I mean, I get it intellectually, but when, you know, now that I'm looking back on directing those scenes, you know, 25 yeah. years later, whatever, yeah. I'm like, Oh, that is, this is just awkward. This is, this is a, a creepy, awkward Borg collective sex scene about to happen. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the end of that scene. Do you and remember then, directing them on that scene? Did you say like, okay, guys, you're going to be touching your own hands and pretty much experiencing pleasure from that. I mean, what did you say to those guys? I, do, I don't remember. To take a step back, I got to be honest, like my first experience was amazing. My, this one, I just never felt on my A game with this one directing. Okay. And it, it was a sophomore effort. Yeah. I feel like, and 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 in the rewatching of it, I got to be honest, there's so many moments and scenes where I'm like, oh, I wish I'd staged that differently or shot it. You know, I was definitely trying some new things. I was feeling yeah. a little bit of confidence as a director, Yeah, but trying things and making mistakes in some ways and not knowing enough to correct other things. And so it definitely felt like a real sophomore experience for me, this, this directing this episode. If I had to say, if I had to sit back in judgment of how well this is directed, mm -hmm. I would say not, not great. Okay. It's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. There's some moments. All right. Anyway. So the parallel in the world of sports is this is your sophomore slump right here. Yes, okay? absolutely. And that's human of all of us. I mean, that happens. Um, yeah. I think you came out, with sacred ground as kind of the the wunderkind it's like whoa look at that he did it woohoo and everyone's all yeah. excited for you and you were excited to do that job too and you were you had a connection with with kate that was really very strong a bond yeah. before you even started directing her in that so that was a good episode for you and then you hit this one and you're just kind of like uh and and it was a bit of a miss right in terms of uh it feels like uh, a bit of a miss i mean yeah. i i feel like I feel like I never quite um, got deeply inspired by the script. I was trying, mm -hmm. you know, I was trying to stage some scenes that were 
in my opinion, awkwardly scripted sometimes and, mm-hmm. you know, make them more interesting than I felt like they were on the page trying to amplify moments or, you know, I was trying to do too. Sometimes I tried to do too much and other times I didn't do enough. I guess that's, that's the, that's the lesson. I hear you. I hear you. You're only human, Robbie. You're only human. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just to jump even forward, my next episode that I directed, I think was someone to watch over me in season five. The doctor episode. The doctor in seven episode, doctor teaching seven how to date. And I just got to say, like, that's one of my favorite episodes of television out of hundreds that I've worked on now. Yeah. Since then. 150, right? Ever Something like that. I don't know yeah. how many I've directed, but it's probably close to 150. But someone to watch over me, my third episode, I am deeply proud of on every level. I'm so mm-hmm. proud of that episode. I'm, I'm, and I have, we haven't recapped it yet. Maybe I'll change my mind, but it's, it's really one of my favorite episodes of, of Voyager in all seven seasons, whether I direct it or not. I think it's a, it's a really good episode. Yeah. So, you know, that's the life of a, of an episodic television director is sometimes you get the scripts that you connect to. Sometimes you don't, this one definitely is, is lower down on the scale of, of my connection and my satisfaction. Okay. Well, I think when you reach the same number of episodes you filmed on Voyager, which is 170, whatever, when you reach that number as a director, that's when you stop. (laughs) <laughs> that's what okay. i want you to stop and i want you to become a contractor a landscape okay, contractor great. a house contractor or whatever because you love doing that kind of stuff too so. well, i love doing that stuff. yes you do you do yeah. all right but so i love i love the directing okay okay anyway so all right so uh yeah they have the creepy sex the the board <laughs> collective sex and we cut to the bridge after this mm-hmm. and we realize the bridge has has uh, picked up this this, this uh, message buoy, yeah. That Chakotay left. That's right. And so now they're on his trail. At first, they couldn't though. They couldn't locate the shuttle. Chakotay or Kaplan couldn't find anything. And then, boom, the message buoy shows up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So very smart of Chakotay to leave that message buoy. Yes. And we go back down to the planet, and mm-hmm. Chakotay's working in the co-op. Yep. And Orem is very grateful. Great to have you know another energy in our in our cooperative and yeah. uh, have, have your energy and. Kind of cultish, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little cultish, and Chakotay mm-hmm. even says, "You know, I'm feeling a little, little bit of a letdown here because the link is gone." You yeah, know? <laughs> says, I need that high again, man. I need that. Yeah, high. yeah, yeah. He had yeah. a buzz off of that, yeah, and, he and he's starting to feel the letdown that. He, so he's basically saying he feels like the link is gone. Yeah. Little do we know, maybe. Dun, it's dun, not, dun. They detect Voyager. Also, they know the Voyager's coming. That's right. Right. Okay. They know that Voyager's close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now um, Voyager comes, picks picks up uh, Chakotay, and Chakotay is on the ship with Riley now in the briefing room. And Riley's trying to sell Janeway. She basically says, look, here's the proposal. We need some help. We need a transponder. We need something turned on on the Borg cube and directed towards the planet so that basically we can bring all these warring tribes together and become one and become you know one happy family. And of course, Janeway is is very very hesitant to um, acquiesce to this this demand slash proposal because she's thinking, yeah. well, what's going to happen? We turn on the Borg cube that all the we Borg drones. We act- yes. Yeah. What's going to happen? Activate the Borg? Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah. And Riley's like, you know, we just need a bigger neuroelectric field generator, right. and then we can link everybody back together, yep. and they're going to feel the love and feel the connection. 
That's and it. all of this chaos and anarchy will stop. Right. And Janeway just says, this sounds dangerous. I got to think about this. Yeah. Riley understands and she leaves. And, and uh, this, is, this is one of those scenes coming up with Janeway and Chakotay where I felt like as a director, I was trying to do too much. Okay. Anyway, okay. Uh, there's too much blocking and movement and, Oh yeah, there moments, was a lot of extra you know, movements there. Yes, I do recall a lot that. of movement in the scene. You know, mm-hmm. Janeway comes over and hovers around Chakotay, and and by the way, Janeway is jealous in this scene. She you, is. You I sense. noticed that. It's like yeah. she's like she almost she doesn't say a thing about it, but boy, she definitely played that card. Well, she says something. Right? She's got a line where she says something like, "Well, you got to know them very well." Yeah. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah. she doesn't even seem to trust trust chicote in the yeah. scene well she asked yeah. for his advice right she goes what do you yeah. think i should do and through that conversation basically it turns out that she's not going to accept that proposal so she declines riley's request and well, she you're... says something at one point that i think is interesting she says you know because he says i think we should do it and she's mm-hmm. like imposing a connection on thousands of people right. who have no choice in this matter yeah it's not right that's right yeah and i thought that was a a great detail because you know basically chakotay is saying yeah let's do this it's a good idea we'll connect everybody and they'll and they'll feel all this love that i felt yeah she's like no we're not there's eighty thousand people here you can't just do something to them without them agreeing to it i I mean it's yeah it's basically a violation of the prime directive Mm -hmm. it's sort of just saying look we're going to interrupt your lives (laughs) and force you to join our crew because yeah we decided this you know we didn't even consult you so it is it is definitely uh something that janeway is not happy about and she doesn't she doesn't agree with it yeah and then chakotay says okay i'll let riley know like he gets it you're not gonna do this i'll let so that's how we end that scene. Right. It was a big shift in the Chakotay Janeway love story because mm. this is the first time mm. as we've slowly progressed and they've toyed and teased with the Janeway Chakotay relationship and love yeah. story. Yeah. That something has happened outside of that love story in a way, at least for a while. And Janeway gets it. Like she's not happy about it. Mm-mm. I think there's a subtext yeah. here for the JC shippers that you know, this relationship is not all, you know, all good. And Janeway's pissed off about what's gone on with Chakotay here. So mm-hmm. we go back to ABC mm-hmm. and there's Neelix and Bellana mingling and chatting it up and laughing with some of the ex-Borg and the cooperative people. Mm-hmm. And Chakotay again says, you know, Riley, come with us. Yeah. And he says to her, I've never understood anyone better in my entire life. <laughs> that's pretty tough for yeah. the jc shippers yeah. for the for the janeway chakotay shippers to have a moment in this episode where he says to someone another woman i have never understood anyone better in my entire life what oh uh, janeway fans are so upset at this point they're so upset <laughs> and by the way even torres even balana when she comes in and says we got to get out of here yeah she sees it like you see in yeah. Roxanne's performance there. Like, oh, yeah. whoa, I walked in on an awkward lover's goodbye. Yes, yes. She sees the chemistry there. She played that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last moment is so weird to me because, and I directed this, so I should remember these things, but I don't. <laughs> but uh, the last moment is so weird because Chicote goes over to, to Riley and he just sort of caresses her face. There's a weird face touch. Well, it almost looks like, Robbie, that he's, he's, 
he brings the hand up to maybe an inch away from her face. Touch it doesn't really touch yeah. her. Yes. So no, it's a weird yes. non non touch moment. Yes. Directed by yours truly. <laughs> yes, directed by yours truly. Yeah. Anyway, so we go back to the shuttle and there's Chakotay and Torres heading mm-hmm. back. And she's like, you know, what you could use is just a real hoverball thrashing. Like, let's go <laughs> back on the, uh, you know, on the holodeck and play yeah. some hoverball. And you just get yeah. back to your old routine. Like, yeah. just let's shake all this off. Yeah. She's worried. She even says, you know, you sure you're okay? And then Chakotay starts to hear voices. Yeah. We need your help. We need your help, Jacote. It's so creepy. So Can we say that together to see if it sounds like yes. a horror voice. Okay, on three. So we'll go one, two, three. We need your help. Okay. okay. One, two, three. We need, we need your, your wait, wait, wait. help. We got to start at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. We, we need, need your, your help. <laughs> do it again. Ready? One. See, we are so not. Wait, come on. Let's collective. be Borg. Let's be Borg Collective right okay, now. Okay, here we go. Channel ABC. One, Ready. two, Three, we need your, need your help, Chakotay. That's not bad. That's not bad. We're not, <laughs> we're not Borg. So. We're not Borg. All right. So then he thinks that, that Torres says something. He's like, excuse me, did you say something? And she's like, what? No. And then he hears it again. And yes. that's when he goes into like secret agent mode where he's, what do you call that? When you activate the cell agent or something that doesn't yes. know that they're an agent. So he then pulls out his phaser and shoots your future wife. Yes. He pulls out his phaser and stuns Torres. Mm-hmm. And now he's on the run. Here we go. <laughs> we go to the bridge and they're like, what the? He and has altered go. course. Huh? <laughs> yeah altered course let's go mm. chase that mofo yeah so off they go after chakotay <laughs> and then you cut back to the uh x board planet and they're all standing in a circle yeah and they're talking to him and you realize oh the link this neural link still is there they lie severed it's not severed not at all severed. it's it not there. temporary mm-hmm. and they're talking to him and he transports over to the board cube this dead Borg cube mm-hmm. and they're telling him, you've got to look for this particular thing. You've got to reactivate the cube. If you reactivate yeah. the cube, it'll help us all, you know, these 80,000 people get along. Just to clarify though, Robbie, I mean, the whole reason why they're talking to him now is because the other gang is about to break in to their quarters, to their, their headquarters. Right. So, Oh yeah. The, they're, they're, so anarchy, they're, the yes. yes. The so other gang on the planet, the bad ex Borg, are trying to take them down and they're they're losing you yeah know, they're, it's a losing battle it's a losing battle it's crunch time right now that's why they yeah. connect with him and so that's why he goes to the board cube to try to activate this neural electric generator um janeway sends tuvok along with kim and some other security personnel to find chakotay the firefight ensues chakotay actually knocks out uh, stuns tuvok and then kim stuns chakotay so yes. it was Kim that shoots Chakotay. And you saw that and really Chakotay. cool move that I did with the, I, I had the phaser and then yeah. I tapped my comm badge while I'm holding the phaser. It was kind Ooh, of a nice. I probably directed you to do that. You might have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably not. Um, so we basically take out Chakotay, but as Chakotay is passing out, he activates the neural electric re- generator as right? he's collapsing as under he's the collapsing ground, <laughs> he's got a couple of seconds and he looks at the button and he basically like slides his hand across the button and activates the borg cube right and we see the first borg drone to kind of 
activate and start walking. And it's John Tampoya. That's right. My stand-in. Da-da. Yeah, a bunch of the regular stand-ins and background on our show got to be Borg in this episode. Yeah, Keith and John and Mm -hmm. a number of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the Borg are reactivated. Thanks, Janeway. Yeah. Great job hanging yeah. out by the Borg queue. Why didn't you just blow it up? I know. And they almost grabbed the uh, away team, but Kim calls for an emergency beam out and boom, they're out of there in the last nick of time. In the last second, they're out of mm-hmm. there. And now the ex Borg collective, the Raiders are stopped. They're, com- they're completely just stopped in their tracks. They're breaking in. And then, of course, once the generator is activated they're all linked so they stop so it is right and if you look yeah. when they stop the guy that kind of is focused uh the guy that is in the center of that frame of that uh, that shot is the guy that stabbed you in the shoot so oh how funny mm-hmm. yeah how funny um we jump back and forth between uh the bridge where we see the borg cube uh, self-destruct and mm-hmm. explode and of course there was major craziness that happened before that because we think we're about to be attacked but no, um, the Borg cube is, explodes. And we jump to sickbay. Chakotay and Janeway have their little chat. You know, she sort of kind of gives them a little hall pass. Like, hey, yeah, I know that you weren't acting on your own volition. That you were sort of coerced to doing that. Yeah. And there's a little bit of awkwardness between those two. Because, yeah, I think Janeway senses that he did have this crazy connection with another woman. And yeah. that was Riley. Yeah. Right? And, but Chakotay feels pretty cheated by that though. I feel like, you know, at the end, he's kind of like not happy that they used him to start the generator. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if you directed it that way or if the script is that way, but it definitely is that sort of like feeling of unsettledness in Chakotay. Yeah. Well, he even has a line, I think, where he says, you know, how long will their ideals last mm-hmm. in the face of that kind of power? Yeah. But now that they've reconnected, even though he does agree that Riley what Riley said and Orem said about the collective makes sense in theory that their intentions are good right now. Mm-hmm. Once they reconnect this collective, this 80,000 people all connected, mm-hmm. they have this medical regeneration technology. They've got mm-hmm. all kinds of power that how long will those ideals last? And yeah. that's, that's a part of, to go back to the kind of the, for me, at least the inspiration of this, the fall of the Soviet Union, which was happening and had just sort of happened as we made this episode as Voyager was starting to film. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big question. You know, a lot of people would say, well, in theory, communism is, could be a good thing, but mm-hmm. in reality, it, it isn't because, because all of a sudden there's this collective power in the hands of a few. Yeah. And so I thought it was an interesting, you know, political statement and social observation and, and just a great uh, character moment for Chakotay to say, yeah, I feel like that connection is an amazing experience. I've personally experienced that connection. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing, but yet it has a dark side too. And, mm-hmm. and his concern about that, I thought was interesting. So, so is that your, so what is the underlying theme for you? The underlying lesson from this episode? I think the underlying lesson is about, um, you know, collective, the collective power, you know, can be a dangerous thing that uh, even though the intentions may be good, that when you um, amass together that sort of connection, that collective connection, and everyone is sort of uniform, whether they chose to be or not, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, like Janeway said, that now that there's a power that will 
overwhelm any good intentions and good ideas. Yeah. And power corrupts, you know, yeah. I mean, too much power for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I'm glad that you that was fun. were able to was share fun your to insight of, yeah. And I'm sorry you had a sophomore slump and you, you definitely picked it up after this. So someone yeah. to watch over me was an excellent, excellent episode. We often give a, you know, one to 10. I would give this a five. Honestly. Okay. Okay. I give it a five, maybe a six tops. Okay. I'm going to fall at about a six myself. Mm-hmm. This was fun. Yeah. For Thanks, all our guys. Patreon patrons, you stick around. We've got some bonus material for you. And for everybody else, we'll see you next week. <laughs>